We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Jeff, what's up, man? What's up, Robert? How are you? I am good. We have, uh, this is going to be interesting because not only do we have St. John's Public Enemy number one, but we also have the most popular uh, uh, personality when it comes to um, St. John's basketball and the one and only John Fanta. What's going on, man? Fanta's in the house. Fanta's good evening, Rob. House. Good evening, Jeff. Just watching. A fantastic basketball game. Georgetown up one on UConn at the half. What year is it? Douster wants to cancel the game at the halfway point. Remember, Rob, the Big East only did that in 2020. Oh, man. What happened to your Johnny's fan now? What happened? I- oh, they've fallen apart. I mean, you know, they're, they're a year, they're, it's a year too. It's a, they I were agree. a year early. They're a year they too must- soon. I, I think there'll be an NCAA tournament years. team next year. I do. Not this Four year. It's too early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're just, a, they're, they are a team that a, as, as explosive as they can be when you play the style that they do, it can backfire in certain instances. And, uh, you know, they, they don't have a paint presence. They have no, no sort of paint no, presence. Zero. That formula has been solved. Yeah. I mean, they got two really good guards. And I, I think part of it, as I said to Rob, I think this morning, and I actually thought they'd, they'd play him tougher. But, you know, the problem with Mike Anderson's system is first time around, it's very, very difficult. But a lot of teams, once they've seen it a couple times or even once, it's a lot easier to play against. And I think that's that was the case with Villanova. Give them time. Let them see it. And uh, and it's a totally different ballgame. And that's what we saw tonight. And, and listen, Villanova is a team that I think you just need to give them a little more time to me to kind of get, you know, they had that pause. That's that 27 day pause. And a lot of people said to me, well, they had plenty of time before that, that St. John's game. You're right. No doubt. You can have your moments, but ultimately you're not at a hundred percent generally from what people tell me until every day you were off till you get one day back. Yeah. yeah I, I, I disagree a little bit that the, uh, the first loss had anything to do with the, the, or had all that much to do with the COVID stuff. I think it was just uh, the Johnnies played well. They play a style that can be difficult, like you mentioned. And um, it was, it was tough for Villanova to deal with it, with, with it that day. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like uh, Villanova, like they, they don't have the same level of um, NBA talent that we've been used to seeing in the past. So they can get overwhelmed a little bit when it comes to athleticism and, and, teams playing aggressively and, and it happened to be a night where they didn't make their shots and St. John's did. And it kind of, the script was flipped today. So that it was, that it was, but you know, listen, the, the big one tonight was to me, Michigan state. Is the streak still alive, Rob? That's what I yeah. want to know. Yeah. Is I it alive? It, it, well, we're not going to know for a while. Like we got to see the way that they kind of close out the season because their schedule is just ridiculous. Like they get, Ohio State, and they had Michigan twice, I believe. They rescheduled one of those, correct? Uh, yeah, they have Michigan twice, right? They have Michigan in the two last games of the year, I believe. They, so they've got opportunities. I just don't know if they're good enough to sustain this. Well, it, it kind of depends on, on what we saw. Like, So 
I really like this this four out lineup that they're they're kind of rolling with, where they got Rocket Watts out there, who by the way was awesome. He had thirteen five tonight, about time. Like, kind of himself. Yeah, um, about time. With with uh, with Aaron Henry at the four. Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting lineup when they play that way. And it's not that often that you see, uh, see a Tom Izzo team go like full small ball like this. Hey, let PJ speak. PJ wants to yell at me. Yeah, I am. I'm doing one thing and then I'm going to invite everybody in. PJ, be nice. Hey, that was, no, no, that was something though. I mean, you know, that, that's a testament to Michigan state that they've been able to answer the way that they have. Indiana, I I'm, I wasn't that surprised um, by that game and, and by that Michigan State win. But then to carry that here into today, and I yeah. think if you asked me, you know, if I could pick a Final Four, I'd be telling you Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and I would add in Illinois. Illinois, I think, has been, in my opinion, the fourth no. best team in America. But I just don't but know tonight, if I trust them. Like, shown by tonight, I just don't know. And, and Hummel and yeah. I were texting a little bit during the game, and they just sometimes play so undisciplined. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're great. They're great some days, and then other days you're like, man, are they going to have one of those in the NCAA? Now, the one thing about them in the NCAA tournament is I think you, they should be able to get up for every game. They should have been able to get up for this one. I mean, like, come on. It's still Michigan State. I don't care how bad they are. Well, and the problem, the problem with Illinois is they have two outstanding players in, in DeSumo and Cokeburn. And Frazier's very, very good. I mean, and, and tonight he was their best player. But Illinois doesn't have much depth at all. No, no. no. There's, hey, there's if no you're, depth. If you're in the background here, real quick, if you're in the background, mute your phone so we don't get that kind of uh, – Is that you, PJ? PJ, <laughs> you're a good boy over there, PJ. We're not going to let you talk. Good, but he's not a dog. <laughs> yeah, Listen, fun. If you are- if you he likes the pizza. Time, he not, we like PJ. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I like PJ. St. John's is a fraud. The uh oh, <laughs> oh my god, PJ, fraud. What's up with this? You can't, you can't lose the four worst teams in the Big East and because you this tournament you were, team. You were so excited a week ago. It was like, it was like the Johnnies were back in full. It was like the the old Walter Berry, Chris Mullen days. And, and, Look, and what has happened? St. John's was probably like. On pace to win the national championship last week. Uh, they, were. they were. Listen, it's so funny. A month ago, St. John's fans were literally. I remember, do you remember this, Bannon, when I said 1 to 10? 1 to 10 in that group chat. I said, What's your confidence level on Mike Anderson? This is literally three, four weeks ago. Oh, no. I've always been with Mike Anderson. I don't, I, I don't, I think this is a team, not Mike Anderson's fault. You can't commit like five open ball, open core turnovers to Villanova and expect to win. Well, I, I think part of that is coaching, but. Uh, but but I do think, as Fannis said, listen, I actually think they're further along than I thought they'd be this year or yes. ever. Um, so I, I think, to be honest, if you keep this group together for the most part, um, if if this maybe add, like Fannis said, I think you need you need a big, you need a rim protector. You need somebody down there that you can throw the ball to, that can defend the rim. Um, they've got good guards. I just feel like they're probably a piece away and and still a year away in terms of, of, of probably a little more consistency. And they're also yeah, they're they're really young. You know, Posh is a Posh is a freshman and Justin is a sophomore, right? Julian, yeah. yeah Posh and, and, and Julian. Posh. I mean, those are underclassmen. Julian. And Dylan Adaiwusu is just a freshman. I mean, yeah, this is a young team. It's one of the younger teams in the big East. It's why the coaches voted St. John's ninth. In the Big East preseason poll, out of eleven teams, so Fanta. I think Fanta. I think next year they're going to be a factor. I mean, I, I would p- project them around fourth or fifth next year. Fanta, I have a I have a scenario. What do okay. you see in the odds? So say like, God forbid, like Julian Champagne's mom got really sick and Justin wanted to come to St. John's. Would he get a Would he get a uh, Would he get a Everybody's waiver? Getting a waiver. First, Everybody's first off, getting a waiver. First off, we're not we're not doing right, that. We're not we're not wishing ill on anybody. I'm yeah, not. Second, God forbid. They can, they can transfer anyway. PJ, where have you been? There's going to be a one-time <laughs> transfer rule going in where anybody can go anywhere. Like okay, a less than You could, you could transfer. Leave. You could transfer somewhere, PJ, and you'd be eligible. I don't know how many years you've been in college. I'm, I'm like, a sophomore in high school, you idiot. Is that it? <laughs> Boy, you sound much smarter than that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I love PJ. PJ, PJ we're going to get back for every single one of these, man. 
pretty good high school, PJ. <laughs> I go to Shamnad. What what what's your what's your teacher's name? <laughs> you I don't need to out. know that. I want to find <laughs> out what type of student you are, PJ. I'm PJ, I wouldn't PJ, I wouldn't <laughs> give Goodman any personal information either. <laughs> Yeah, don't trust have, that guy, PJ. I'm gonna have PJ's social security number by the end P- of tonight. <laughs> P- PJ, PJ is literally the Dennis the Menace to Goodman's neighborhood. Like he lives oh, across man. the street. Goodman's just the mean neighbor. This is this is great, great. I love PJ, but we've had enough St. John's stock for the night, PJ. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing, last thing. One more. All right, well, quickly, PJ, go ahead. Come Does on. Baylor fall out of the two spot after tonight? No. No, no. What are you out of your mind? What's <laughs> not, wrong? Not with not the three. Go back to Queens. <laughs> I live in. I've, I live Jesus on Long Christ. Island. Um, no, they don't fall off. They had a twenty-one day pause. They still won the game. Still won. Did you see? They won. They ended up. Yeah, it's Iowa game State game. at home now. Like I, I think DePaul would beat them. But they won after a twenty-one day pause in which they practiced twice. Some teams like Michigan. When they came off their pause, they took their sweet ass time. And relax, relax. No, uh oh. Listen, I'm saying it was a smart move, Ant. I'm not saying it wasn't. I think it was actually a much smarter move than what Baylor did. The problem is Scott Drew can't sit. Around. He doesn't have the patience of of Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard can sit around with his NBA money, counting it, just saying like I'm in no rush here to play a game. Where like Scott Drew's like. Man, like, like I gotta play. We're we got a chance here. Like, we gotta get back in the court. He can't sit still. Seriously, he cannot sit still. So they practiced twice and they played. And you saw what type of result you were gonna get. Like, they were fortunate to win this game tonight. If they were playing West Virginia, they would not have played. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. Uh, Scott Drew is honestly, guys. A fraud. I'm telling you, Scott Drew might have come out and played two days later. He might have. And again, like, I'm not saying it's a smart move at all, but I just think that's kind of how he's built. He's not really thinking down the road as much as he's thinking, I got a great team. These guys want to play. We're going to play, and, and we'll see what happens. I mean, wouldn't you uh, – wouldn't it be, like, kind of a down-the-road thing? Like, say it was uh, West, West Virginia just, like, to be, like, Almost in a tournament scenario where you have to play a team two days later, maybe COVID concerns. What? Can we can we talk about can we talk about Michigan State? Let's move to Michigan State. I want to I want to talk about yes, that because as I, an I, Illinois fan, we, this game was expected. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Was gonna yeah. Really? Why do you say why? that? Why? Why do you say that? They've been sleepwalking through games that they should have won. Like they came out they came out against Minnesota hot, but when they came out against Nebraska. And um, they think that game shouldn't have been as close as it was, and like and Northwestern, and, and Northwestern, like yeah. they come out sleepwalking, and they're just letting teams that they should beat just keep. I staying. worry about them for that. Yeah, I, I do. I gotta say, I don't think they have that. Like Ohio State, I think has that like workman like approach, and I think Michigan has it to some degree. Well, not to some degree, they have it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I trust Illinois. I think there's just the highs and lows with Illinois that you, you're not finding with, with Michigan and Ohio State. The problem with Illinois, they're inconsistent. Their big, their biggest thing is they cannot – there's teams like Michigan that get better as the season goes on and they know how to close out games and take care of their opponents. Illinois always plays their opponents. If it's a road game, you know it's going to be close and or you run into a good program that knows how to close out games. I think uh, I think Carbello's the most important player on Illinois because, like, when he plays well, the team t- typically doesn't lose. I don't know, man. I think that Illinois, um, Illinois is like so. Like Michigan can win in multiple ways, right? Illinois, if Dasumu doesn't get to his right, and you have Coburn, who has had he has three assists all year. And then he shoots the way he does from the from the uh, free throw line. They're just a really limited team, in yep. my opinion. Yep. Talented, yep. crazy talented, super talented, but they're very limited and pretty much one dimensional. Like, easy, you know exactly easy to game be. plan for. Easy yeah. to game plan for if you have if you have the personnel to be able to do right. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you still have to have the right guys to be able to do it and, and contain. Because again, you can see what happens. I mean, even even with with Kofi, like he can foul everybody out on that damn team tonight. 
um, you know, if you get them the ball down there. But ultimately, you're right. Like, they don't have a lot of versatility. I also don't think people realize just how small that team is because they have Kofi Coburn out there. You know, you, you can make an argument that their best five is, is what? Trent Frazier, um, Io, uh, Adam Miller, and, and uh, I don't know, like Corbello out there? Like Corbello. That might, yeah, those might, that might be no. their five best players, right? So that's like two little guards. And, and DeSumo's 6'5", and he'd be the second dude. Yeah, he'd be like a four. So, like, yeah. I, I don't think people realize just how, how small that team actually is. So when you have someone like Michigan who, like, to their credit, and I think you've, you've made this point before with Michigan State, is that, like, their their wings are all guys that can that, that play that look like a top ten caliber kind of wings, right? The guys that's right. the top ten team. It's the point guard spot and the center spot. So um, this this lineup now that they're going with, where they they kind of go with those four uh, the four guards out there, that's really interesting. But they only yeah. went there because Warriors yeah, stopped playing. Um, yeah, some of this. What was that? Because that four guard style that uh, translates to something when they play Ohio State. Hold on, uh, Caleb. Go so talk, let's go one at a time. Caleb, why don't you go first? Okay. Yeah, I was just asking if Duke was going to be in the tournament. If you guys thought Duke was in the tournament after this past weekend. Yeah, I, I think I, that I they'll. Yeah. I, I think they'll get there. Um, the Virginia win was the great win that they needed. I, I think that they're kind of playing a lot better right now, and they do have enough uh, good wins available on their resume or on their uh, their schedule moving forward that I think they'll have enough to be able to get in. And honestly, I think Michigan State is is right there as well. Um, I think if they go two and two down the stretch, which is going to be a hard thing to do, but get one win against Michigan in those two games or against Ohio State and beat uh, – who's is it Rutgers is the other game they have? No, they've, they've got Maryland, five. Indiana. They've got Ohio State, then at Maryland, then home against Indiana, then Michigan twice. That game at oh, Maryland's yeah. huge. So get, That's a I huge think, game. Yeah, I think three and two is very doable there. And if they go three and two in that stretch, like they're they're in, no questions asked. How many games do you think they'd have to go deep to make that tournament to make that a lock? If they were to go three and two, to what? Well, I never, again? I never look at, I never look at conference tournament and say they have to, unless you're squarely on it. If Michigan State goes three and two down the stretch here. In my book, they're going to make the NCAA tournament, and and I don't think you're going to walk into the Big Ten tournament and say that they have to do something unless they're playing an opponent that's significantly you know lesser than them. But let let's uh, let's look at this angle. If Michigan State backs their way into the NCAA tournament as a double digit type of seed, or you know right on the edge of the bracket, could you imagine? Could you imagine being the sixth seed or the seventh seed, whatever it might be? And having to see in your first round game, you had a nice year. You're a five, six, or seven seed. You're feeling fairly good about your opening round draw, and you have to face Tom freaking Izzo. I would want to. I mean, I, I'd want to take my eyes out of my sockets if I'm a coach. You work hard all year, and you get rewarded in the first round by facing Tom Izzo. Good night. Yeah, and we need a first four. We need. A How first we four feeling, boys? How we Michigan feeling? State. Yes, Jeff. Oh, yes, Jeff. That that's... would be that would be fantastic. Like if I can get down to Indianapolis, and, and I don't care where they put that. Right, the first four isn't like part Purdue, Bloomington, where right, the right, right. It. Um, I would be ecstatic to get to Indianapolis in the first game. Be like Duke, Michigan State, and usually I hate those those first fours with teams that like. You know the high majors that barely squeak in, but if you give me an is okay matchup, like I'd be excited for that. Let's go, True TV, baby. <laughs> you go from the Champions Classic to the first four. How about that? So I got a I got a question, and I want to paint a scenario if we could. So he said three and two would get him into the tournament almost as a, as a lock. I think Rob said, would you have to then? Let's say they were to to win the three Ohio State at Maryland and home against Indiana, but then they lose. Double digits, both both games against Michigan. Double digits. Does the recency bias hurt them at all as the conversation comes to a close? It's not supposed to. Okay, I, I don't think it would. Um, maybe maybe a little bit in terms of like what the seating is, because you got to remember at the end of the day, when you're like in that room, it's a bunch of human beings that are making right. decisions, right. and they're not immune to having any kind of. Uh, you know, inherent biases when it comes to looking at schedules or teams that they've played or, or 
you know, the eye test or whatever it is, you know, they're going to have their opinions and they're going to um, kind of stick with them, which is uh, some of the problem with just having people make decisions on where teams get slotted uh, in a postseason. you know, other than the college sports is the only place in the world where that happens. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think that it won't really matter all that much. Like if anything, it'll affect where their seat is because if they add to this win over Illinois, win over uh Ohio State and at Maryland and against Indiana, like all of a sudden, like they have a really strong profile. They might not even be like on the bubble anymore. You know, I think that they'll be, they might even climb up to like that eight seed line with those wins. What people don't realize how quickly, if you run off like four in a row and like one or two are against ranked teams, you can come, you can come off the bubble to firmly in and avoiding the first four. And probably, like Rob said, probably this year getting close to that, that, you know, eight, nine game, maybe getting 10 or 11, but you're like firmly in. What yeah. happens if they go three and three and, and they don't beat Michigan and they don't beat OSU. You just, you ended up beating this stretch. You, you take the win from Illinois, you beat Indiana and you beat Maryland, both who are also on the bubble and you don't quite get all the way there. Do they got to win two games in the Big Ten? Depends who you're beating. Well, again, you can't say this because you don't know. This is what I tell everybody. Everybody's like trying to get a defined number. You don't know (laughs) what everybody else is going to do. You just know all these other teams are in a similar predicament, right? Like there's Mountain West teams. There's Big East teams. All these teams are in the bubble, and it matters what they do in their conference tournaments also. So it, it obviously Michigan State has a lot of catching up to do. So they got to do that just to get into the conversation, and then they may need some help from other teams. Well, let me ask that. you this: How many teams does the Big Ten end up getting into the tournament? If you had to take an educated guess right here now, I would say I, I would mean, say 10, 10 yeah, potentially eleven. How depending on how things play out, I would say pretty 10. much everyone I don't except think Penn be State, Nebraska, and Northwestern. I think has have a very real chance to get in. Yeah, I think Minnesota's in trouble now. I would say nineteen. Uh, they they got they got to beat someone on the road, man. Beat someone on the road, and then we can talk about Minnesota. <laughs> oh and eight. Oh and yeah, eight. Yeah. It's like Rutgers game, last man. year. It's like Rutgers it's last illegal. year. It should be illegal. To Rutgers it had a couple. Of, uh, a at the right. end, at right. the very, yeah, very right. end, at right. the very so end. I, I got. So. I, I have a question for. We got two guys that played in the Big Ten here, and they both played. Um, in the barn and, and Rafael Davis and, and Ant Wright. And I'm curious, like, so Jeff did a study a while back that, that said basically that Minnesota had the best home court advantage in terms of uh, in the wins, expected wins versus expected losses or something like that. And that, however, Jeff's math worked out and said that the best home court advantage in the league in, was yeah, uh, in the big Minnesota or yeah, it was Minnesota. So I'm curious, like, what is it about that place guys that makes it so difficult to play it? I hated planning in the barn. I mean, just to say, I mean, <laughs> to start, you get off the bus and you got to go down to get in the locker room. You know what I mean? So that throws you off. You got to go down the stairs, get in a small locker room. But then the shape of the gym is different. So, I mean, the backdrop is weird. Uh, just I just think it's the arena, the style. Because, I mean, but then you also, I mean, they have some of the best cheerleaders and dancers. So, I mean, got to distract it. <laughs> there we go. But, there I, mean, go. I mean, just being honest, that was always a conversation when you walked in Minnesota's gym. We got a quote, quote Raphael, on that one. They had some of the best cheerleaders and dancers. I can't, I'm tweeting uh, no. that out now. That's tremendous. 100. That that That's um tremendous. that distracts the the team. So um, that and all, the, the arena was just different. I mean, it, just being in a different environment like that, going somewhere where you're on the road, but it's just so different. You, it's kind of hard to get a rhythm. Cause I mean, my junior year, I think we had, we think we were on a run. We think we were on five games in a row. I think we went at Mich- I think we went at Minnesota. We probably become ranked. I mean, I mean, they um, they it just takes the energy out of you a little bit, and I mean, too. One thing that happened that year too. I'm not blaming this. I'm not making an excuse, but it's so cold in Minnesota when it gets in the winter. Like it was a negative fifty wind chill. We couldn't go out to dinner the night before, like in the regular routine. But I don't know. Minnesota's a good gym to play in, though. It's always cold, bro. It is all. There's always snow and ice on the ground. Whenever I played at Minnesota, there was always there was always something happening. So first of all, the fact yeah, Roth is on point. The fact that you gotta you walk on the court and then you walk downstairs is the weirdest thing ever. 
when I say this is the worst visitors locker room I've ever been in, I thought Duke's was the worst. No, 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 no. Minnesota's is the worst. It's probably no exaggeration. Five feet by t- by twelve, five by twelve feet. Like you are in there. You hey, are. You are like a. You are like a can of sardines. And not to cut you off, bro, but you think about that year we had Isaac Haas, AJ Hammond, Kayla Swanigan, Vince Edwards, Shaquille <laughs> Taylor. I mean, we had five. We had, and we. I mean, we had Grady Eifert as a freshman. We had seven yeah. guys pushing six nine in that locker room. <laughs> think about a loss, a close loss. Paint after we had just won four or five, and this is the game to get us over the hunt. And Biggie doesn't play because he has a thigh contusion. I mean, Paint lost it, and it was the smallest locker room. It was that's a tough, that's a tough one. They're in Iowa, are the ones I don't like. The away <laughs> locker room. Man, I loved Iowa. I loved I I loved Illinois. You like got your own cubby. Like that's. Whenever you walk in somewhere and like you're using a different sports uh, locker room, that is the most ideal. Um, I used to hate. I love Michigan State. It's very open. It's like a big square. It's really cool in there. Um, Michigan's is nice. I just like can't Michigan. get over Minnesota. It's like and it's like it's like low key dark in there too. It's low key dark. Just don't like it. Not a fan. What else we got, guys? Who else? Uh, Dustin, yeah, you're fun. in control over there. You're in control. Is is Oklahoma gonna gonna pull this thing out? They were down by seven a little while ago at Kansas State. Well, Texas has cut Kansas's lead. They're only down four. It's a good night of hoops tonight. Really good night of hoops. Shocking. I didn't see this. I mean, we should have seen it coming, but you know, the end. Guys, here's one for you guys: uh, Ray Bell and Shimon. Like, at the end of the regular season like this, a lot of times we see – same time, like, with finals. Finals week, you always see this. But I feel like you also see it, you know, before the end of the regular season. You got conference tournaments coming up. You're playing a team that, you know, again, like like we're seeing tonight with Oklahoma, that maybe they're they're looking past them a little bit or not giving them enough respect. Did you guys feel that, that, that you just wanted to kind of get to the postseason at this point in a way? I feel that you're either going one or two ways. You're either trajecting up or you are you just can't wait till the season's done yeah, so yeah. you can just get to the next just to get to the off season and have people graduate in front of you and you can get back to work. So um which is like crazy to even like talk about, but yep, um yep. I but, get it. You know, you know these Especially are you year. know eighteen, Especially nineteen, year, twenty year olds. Man. Yeah. It takes a toll. It takes a toll. You're either you are either day. you are either trying to get to the finish line or you're trying to win something. That that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, guys are testing. But there are also teams, though. Let me say this: there are some teams. Yeah. Oh, my bad. My Go bad, ahead. Jeff. No, no, no I'm just gonna say. Just, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, don't feel bad about telling him to shut up, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to do it every day. But the St. John's but just, did it earlier. Just to uh, speak about that, I got a funny story because we thought my freshman year. We didn't make the turn. We we didn't make the tournament. We thought the season was going to be over. So a few of the older guys, you know, they kind of what Ann was saying, you kind of pushed the season to be done. But then Paint hit us with the CBI, and I don't know if a lot of people in the, in the chat know what the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational. <laughs> so sometimes pushing to the end can get you into one of those tournaments yeah. that have you lose at home. You know what I mean? So we ended up playing in the CBI that year and lost at home. I think the Santa Monica Clear or something like that. And then that next year we came in the last place in the Big Ten. So, at the end of the year, it's one of those things where, depending on some guys don't want to play in the NIT, some guys don't want to play in the CBI. So, you do kind of have to – if you are a bubble team, you kind of have to make the extra push. But my senior year was a year we were ranked we were ranked top 25 all year, I think. And kind of when we got to the end, there were some times where guys kind of took the, kind of took the foot off the gas. We saw a team on the board. Like, we saw Minnesota, and we should have beat Minnesota, but some guys didn't play because that was a game that people could rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rest for March. So you see that a little bit. I have a wild scenario. What? Let's say, and y'all gonna think I'm crazy. Let's say Kentucky wins out and wins the SEC. Are they in? Keon Brooks player of the year if that happens. 
wins what do you mean? they win the SEC tournament? Yes, and they well, I don't know how many games well, they have left, yeah, but if they win out. Well that's an auto bet. Right, right. If they win the SEC tournament, they're in. I think they got to win four games as it looks now. I mean, maybe they could push their way in where they only have to play three, I guess. I'd have to look at it where they're at. But I think right now they'd have to play four. They'd have to win four in four days. And uh, the last the last team I remember, well, not I remember seeing that once in uh, – I, I was there in, in Atlanta when Georgia, Georgia. – One of the craziest yeah. – oh, my God. The tornado. Yeah. Didn't they play two games in one day? Yeah. They played two games in one day, right? And like the media were the only ones, and there were like some, they, they allowed maybe a couple hundred fans. They moved it to Georgia Tech. I mean, I remember being there. It was insane. So, like, like I, I had to take the train somewhere to get, I had my rental car, but I couldn't get to it because I'll make, like, all hell broke loose when the game was canceled. And then, yeah, they played twice, and Dennis Felton was going to be fired. I mean, he was gone before that tournament. And they run out four and four days, make the NCAA tournament, and he saves his job. It was – the whole thing was just insane. It was it was very cool. So, if Kentucky loses in the SEC championship, do you think they're in? Or no, they have to get an auto bid? They have to get an auto bid. They yeah, have they to have get an auto bid. They have no shot. No shot. I, I don't think they'd be over 500 overall because they just – they lost the game. They just lost the regular season game. So, uh, I don't think they, they would even get to 500 if they – if they won every game and lost in the SEC title game, I think maybe they'd be 500 overall. Now, does the NIT still have that rule where you have to be over 500? No, they changed it. They changed it. They did? Okay. For the money. Yeah, I think so. Has to be for the money. For situations like this. (laughs) Yes, yes. Agreed. Agreed. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Kansas only up one now with 10 minutes left. I thought Texas might be a dead team here, to be honest. They were down big early, and I thought that fight might have uh, might have absolutely yeah, so, crushed. So let's let, we got we got Shimon Williams, we got Ant Wright, and Ray Fallon here. Have you guys ever? I don't know if you guys saw what happened with uh, with Texas on the sideline on Saturday, but Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey um, kind of got into it, and it wasn't the kind of thing where they just uh, said their piece and, and went their separate ways. Like they kept going after it. Courtney came back after and got into Andrew Jones' face again after everyone was sitting down. So um, have you guys ever experienced something like that? And uh, what can that do? Like, I feel like it can go one of two ways. It either, like, just just kills the mood in the locker room and brings everything down or can galvanize people that you finally just kind of got out and said what you had to say. So, Shaman, why don't you start there? Well, I can say that uh, I've never experienced anything like that in college. Um, I guess because we were so tight-knit and we, we understood that everybody was after us, that we didn't really have time to, to go at one another. You know what I mean? Like, um, we understood, you know, like everybody was searching for the same things. And so we were on one accord, regardless if somebody did something wrong or right or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, uh, I played basketball in a different era as well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that... that <laughs> It wasn't, you know, if, if that were the case, we don't have to do too much talking. We can just wait. You know what I mean? Wait, have the same energy when we leave, when we leave the court. We can get it dealt with and we can keep it moving. You know, a lot of times. It wasn't people, the Carolina way, Shimon. It wasn't the Carolina way. That's well, all you got to say. Well, I mean, this is what people get misconstrued about the Carolina way. So I always felt like people thought that we were soft because we wore light blue. <laughs> you know what I mean? That we is. walk in, yes. yeah. You yep. know, you walk in with the light blue on, yep. and, and you know, Coach Smith was kind of reserved. Um, but you know, but I mean, in all actuality, we, you know, my my group, you know, we we yeah, had some tough. we had some yeah. interesting characters that, yes, as, as, we, as we would say now in my forties. <laughs> um, but um, you know, just you know that that. That whole little thing that I saw between those guys, um, it it was quite interesting. You you know you try to you see you know well whether this happened um, you know what's going on to make them feel that way toward one another. Um, but I, I've never I've never experienced anything like that in college. And now when you get to the league, there's a whole different yeah. that's a whole different element. <laughs> All right, so give me your give me your favorite 
give me your favorite story in the league that you saw. Like, what was the craziest thing that you could say on this that you saw? Uh, I would say my rookie year, um, Steve Smith and 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 Kendall Gill. That was that was quite really? interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was quite interesting because you know Steve Smith is um you know awesome person, yeah, and uh, great guy. Loves and it. so. Yeah, to see him get the ten that fast, as they say in, in today's world, to see to see him get the ten that fast, it it kind of it kind of shocked me, you know what I mean? But you know the th- the thing the thing about it too was you know th- those you know those were men, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean yeah, I was yeah. a man too, but I was a twenty two year old man as opposed to a, you a know thirty. You were still a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, thirty two year old man, and and you know just uh you know. I, as tough as I, I feel like I am, and I know that I am, you know, it's a different monster when you're dealing with other, you know, other older guys. And it's it's not that, you know, it's not that, you know, you're, you're scared of them or nothing like that. It's just that, you know, you have that respect for them. You know what I mean? They, they just, you know, God would try to hurt you over respect as opposed to you dominating them on the court. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah. and so when you when you have those type of guys, you, you know you learn a different type of basketball. But um, but that that college situation, nah, because Coach Smith would <laughs> it wouldn't have been no basketball for either one of us out there. <laughs> Both of us would have sat on the bench after that. So you know that, that's my take on it. And Rafael, you guys ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, that happened to me. My um, our sophomore year. I mean, I said again, we came in last place in the Big Ten, so it was a lot going on that year. And we had two brothers on our team, and our brothers. I mean, they would go at it all the time on the bench. So I mean, you would think they get to the point where they'd be about to fight, but then we had a we had a couple. Uh, one of the brothers was a senior, one of was an underclassman, but then we also had just a a big mixture. We were very cliquish. We had a a big transfer group come in. I think three transfers. But, yeah, we – I mean, on the bench verbally, yeah, guys went that all the time. Not not towards the coach or anything, but in the game, I mean, yeah, you'll see it all the time. But that next year, when the when it kind of moving on from there, and what, I became kind of captain, no, nah, it never happened. Because that was the, one of the reasons we came in last place. We were getting an argument – it was guys that get getting arguments in, at, the, at the halftime about the scout report. So, I mean, yeah, it it would be – that year was a wild year for Purdue. I heard that uh, that um, everyone on Purdue used to try to beat up Robbie Hummel just because they didn't like him. <laughs> he's not even in here. He texted. He's not even in here. They said Rob. I, I heard a story about Rob because Rob. I was a recruit for Purdue. I was committed a long time, and Duke played Purdue ACC tournament, ACC challenge, something like that. And I think they had that was when they had um. Who would that have been? Um, Singler, I think that those years. Yeah, and I think yeah, they, yeah. they came into Purdue and they blew the doors off of Purdue. And I heard a story of Robbie cr- coming up to the office crying and they, they, he just wanted to win so bad. He just he, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know how to handle that type of loss. So now, nah, Rob, everybody always loved Rob. Rob always wanted to win. I can't say nothing bad about him. We need we need to do that at, at some point. We won't tell him, but we'll try to get. We'll try to do like a Hummel roast one day in the off season. <laughs> we won't even tell him. We'll do. We'll, we'll either get him in here or on like a a Zoom call, and we'll just have like twenty five of his former teammates waiting for him, just ready to rip him a new one and just tell Hummel stories. We're gonna do that. That'll be good. That'll be good. So that is a great tell. idea. <laughs> oh man! All right, UConn looks like they're pulling away a little bit. What do we got? A, a three point lead over here. Um, Oklahoma's taking a five-point lead on on Kansas State, so it looks like they're going to get that done. What do you guys think of Austin Reeves, Jeff? I like him. I mean, again, I listen. I like him because he he got the hell out of Dodge and got the hell out of Wichita before Greg Marshall could hit him. But um, I, no, I, I think he's a big-time scorer. I, I like Oklahoma. I, I don't know what they're doing right now. Are they still struggling? They're up five. Kansas State's playing tough. Texas is up three now. Um, I, here's what I like about him. I, I like about him that they got three guards that are all different from one another, that are all capable of kind of getting their own. 
right? Like, to me, again, Harmon can just go get his. Reeves creates space and can shoot it from deep and is fearless. Uh, and then the transfer they brought in from uh, from North Texas can really shoot it. So, like, all three of those guys are different. The key for me is Brady Manick, and he just hasn't been the same since he came back from COVID. You know, he, can't, he hasn't made shots. I don't know what he's doing tonight, but – if he can get back to like the Brady Manic of early this season or last year's Brady Manic, I don't know, man. Like I, I think they got a dangerous, dangerous team that could make a deep run. You know, like they've shown. I mean, they they had a hell of a January. I think they beat like I don't know. Didn't they beat like Texas? They they beat like, Alabama, like, Texas, and Kansas. They beat Alabama, yeah. Texas, and Kansas. And Jeff, I agree with you. And you know why? Brady Manick could not make a shot against Alabama. So even Brady Manick, when he's not good, what yeah. I love about Brady Manick is he plays so freaking hard. Yeah, and that's does. the he, thing about yeah. Oklahoma is, to your point, Davion Harmon, he, he's like a it, – it's hard to believe that he's in an Oklahoma jersey at times because he, he just plays a different way. He plays like a guy who's a four-star – caliber player like he can go get his he can score in different ways Reeves plays a different way but the dynamic there works and if like you said if Manic's making shots Oklahoma Oklahoma defends and rebounds too well with those talented backcourt players to not be a team that I think at least gets a win in the tournament and it would not shock me at all to see them in the second weekend yeah yeah I I think they're really good And, and Lon's a great coach he's so underrated he's such a nice guy too like, if I could no, have a like father-in-law, a if I could have a college basketball coach yeah. as a father-in-law, yeah. I would pick Lon Kruger. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> who, I mean, who like, would be the, like, who would be the worst? Oh, Kev, who would be the guy? Kevin that Willard. Would, you would not want. To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's good. The worst father-in-law would be Kevin. Oh, Willard. it's not even close. <laughs> no, Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin <laughs> easily. That would be pretty bad too. Easily, that'd be bad yeah. too. Five foot. Five foot three father-in-law? No, thank you. I mean, what about, hey, what about hugs? What about hugs as your father-in-law? Like, I'm not sure you want that. Uh, I think it could be worse than hugs. I don't know. It could You're be married worse. to his daughter? Like, seriously? I would I not. I, I don't know. If, I don't. I would not want Rick Pitino as a father-in-law. <laughs> would Would the best father-in-law be Mike Boynton? He'd be up there, right? I feel Mike like. Bray. Maybe Mike Bray. Mike Bray would be a great yeah. father-in-law. You would love Tim to Miles. do things with your father-in-law. Tim Miles action. Tim Miles. Tim Tim Miles. Miles. Yeah. You know who else? You know who else would be a good father-in-law? Greg McDermott would be so easy going. As a f- yeah, yeah, he just want to golf. Brad Hoyt wanted to. Imagine what about what about Conzo Martin as a father-in-law? He'd be tough. good. He'd be up no, there that for would sure. Be tough. That would be I'd tough. be scared. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Coach point. Gary, one of my teammates, Dakota Mathias, he married um Coach Greg Gary. He's at Mercer now. He married his daughter. It was uh, oh, so he was one of our, that was um yeah, Coach Dakota married I Coach G's Greg daughter. Gary. And I we were Greg um Gary. everybody at Purdue was scared of Coach G at the time because he didn't speak really? much. So everybody uh oh no no Coach G was the one. He didn't speak much like so everybody assumed like ah me I could have spreaded this rumor in the locker room. I could have told all the freshmen that he was in the mafia or something like that because he could, <laughs> he definitely could give off that vibe. And then his yeah, wife yeah. Claudia, she's a real soft spoken but real powerful, just confident demeanor type of woman. So um, Dakota was scared at first when um uh, when it was time to approach his daughter. He was terrified. He didn't want to do it, but it ended up working out. They ended up getting married last summer. How did that? That's cool. How, how, I'm curious how like that started. Like, what was what, what was his first reaction when, when Coach realized he didn't that want to do it. Players is dating his daughter. Oh no, I think her mom set it up. I think Claudia oh. set it up on the side. I don't think G knew at first. But when Dakota first got win, he didn't want to do it at all. He had no like he wanted. I mean, obviously he was interested in, in Gabby, obviously, but just he was the, the pure shit. The, the fear of Coach G didn't didn't want him to do it. He didn't get. I, I'm saying public, but. I don't think Coach G, I don't think they really kind of came out publicly for like a few months or close to a year or something like that. He never um, never mentioned it, never brought up in the locker room. I don't, I don't know if after I left, they maybe, but while I was there, it was real Dakota scared. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't have those conversations when, when your girlfriend's father's coach. Like you can't. And, and Coach G, Coach G did not treat him as if he was the, he was the, um, his daughter's boyfriend, because I mean, I mean, it made it made it worse. Because 
Dakota's in the <laughs> league now, and Coach G, I'm going to say Coach G pushed him. He pushed him a little hard. <laughs> Oklahoma, Kansas State tied up at 53. Oh, yeah. Wow. And Texas, Kansas, 62-61 here at the end. About six yeah. minutes left. Now we got some good games here. You know what's not a good game, Rob? Arizona Missouri. State finally is is blowing somebody out. You know who it is? <laughs> Washington. Mike Hopkins and Washington. Mike Hopkins. Poor Mike Hopkins. Seriously, poor Hop. Like, I mean, honestly, if he wasn't owed twelve million, he might not make it after this year. And I, everybody loves Hop. And uh, boy, you talk about a disaster out in uh, in Seattle. I was out there last year. And uh, about this time. Did anybody else see on the, the Kansas-Texas game a minute ago when they showed that graphic where they put up Shaka Smart with the hair next to a picture of Borat and said that they looked exactly the same? <laughs> That's so mean. That's funny, though. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have any questions in here? we got a bunch of people in the chat, a bunch of people hanging oh, out in the room. Yeah, here. Rob, I got one. Um, I was trying to wait to see when to jump in here because, like, y'all are having different conversations and things of that nature. I'm not rude or disrespectful. Um, one question I had it was uh it was regarding like the one one line two C line things of that nature. Um, is it possible that um two Big Ten teams get on the one line, or is it really just gonna be, or is it really gonna be pretty much Michigan and maybe Ohio State if they win the Big Ten tournament? No, I think two can. I think two Big Tens probably might be the most likely scenario. At this yeah. point, I, I really do. I, I mean, I, I don't know who else, you know, like Alabama could make a run. Villanova could make a run. I mean, I think one of those teams, if they went out, you know, and, and win the league tournament and get some kind of momentum to distance themselves, because obviously, you know, you look at it now, if Michigan wins the Big Ten tournament, you know, that, that Michigan to me has to really falter not to get a number one. I think they're they're in they're in really good shape, and then you're talking Illinois losing tonight. I don't. It's kind of wide open, but I would say Ohio State to me, Ohio State, Iowa today. You know, Illinois still in the mix, and then Alabama, Villanova. Am I missing anybody? I I think it's mostly. Yeah, I think right? that's about yeah. It. That's that's all I got from that. Yeah, and and honestly, it's big. Like. People don't realize it's it's going to be significant because if you can just stay away from to me, there's there's a clear top three, right? And and you just don't want to be put with one of those three until you get to the final four. And let's face it, like who knows what's going to happen this year with COVID uh, in terms of hitting one of those three teams? They're they're not all making it to the final four. We know that. Oh, but who's who's got the Oklahoma Kansas State game on? Did anyone else just see that dude jump stop over his teammate? Wait, that what? Was epic. Wait, what? I loved every bit of it. So, yeah. a, a, a big guy going for an offensive rebound slipped and fell, was on the ground, like holding his knee, and a dude drove and jumped over him to to jump. Like the, he's laying basically right on the uh, the side of the uh, the key, and he jumps over him while the dude's laying on the ground, like grabs his knee in pain. Dang. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I... Dang, that's crazy. Kansas State's up by five, by the way. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Can you say right. that? Rob, I got a question, man. Michigan State. Man, being back here, listen, they I don't know what this is. They're giving me hope again. I hate that they're giving me hope again. So so I got thinking. Hear me out. We lose to Ohio State. We beat Maryland, Indiana, and then we split with Michigan one on one. And then tournament time, let's say we make we win two games. Is that enough? Yeah, we talked about like, this yeah. earlier. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff is more Jeff is more uh, optimistic than like than most. I think. Well, I, I, I'm not that up. Well, I, I am, but I'm not. I mean, again, you're, you know, yeah. to me, I think they got They got to split with Michigan. They got to go deep in the Big Ten tournament. They got a lot of work to do. Still, they got a lot of work to do. So, um, I. Listen, it's so hard to predict and say, well, if they win these three, you know, and do this, because we don't know what the other teams are doing. You know, that's the part. They're making up ground. Other teams have to fall off. 
in order to give them that opportunity because they're not even in it right now. Yeah, they're they're, they're still they're still yeah. not even in the you know to me they're they're not even the next eight out. Yeah, it's just frustrating, man. Because like I don't know what this is. Like, is like the one adjustment he decided to make is to play his best five players and see what happens. More than like twenty, <laughs> like 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 bro, it's like like the one adjustment he made was like you know what maybe like he had a bourbon over ice at two a.m. He was like I should do this. Like let me play my best five players and just see how it turns out. And, and, and it's just frustrating, man. It... It's funny when you put it that way. But it's it's kind of true. Kind of true. No, literally, that's all he did. He was like, you know what? Maybe let me play Henry at the four. Like, let me just play all of my long wings with Rocket, and like, let's see what happens. And it's like turning into productive basketball. It's it's just upsetting. I feel like we had this conversation though when when Jaron and Miles Bridges were both there, and everybody wanted them oh. uh, to play Jaron. I, I was Miles team play Miles at there. the four with Jaron at the five all year. I was banging the drum. You mean Miles? He can't play dead and Bridges, isn't that what Dockage called him? Something yeah, like that. he said <laughs> he, right. he said he had no game. <laughs> had no game. That's right. Had no game. The, the, the twenty the, and eight way, guy Ryan, had the twenty that, and eight that was, guy that had was no the best game. tweet you ever had. Goodman, you, go tell him right now because that was the best tweet you've ever had. I don't I remember the whole thing, but it was it was you just it you, was after it was you, after Dockett and I got into it. We gotten into it like the week before. We actually talked. Mark Packer and I talked about that on Sirius. Somehow it got me going, and I kind of told him the story um, on Sirius. So what, today, what happened but, was he tweeted out, uh, "Miles Bridges has no game." You responded. 1.6 points, 1.1 boards. Dockage said, what is that? And you said, your sophomore year stats. That's, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty funny. And, Ant, let me tell you, I hate how much you laughed at that. I really do. I hate it. It's, it's not. Hey, hey Doster, Doster, I know, now know why Kansas State might win this game. Why is that? They're wearing, like, the ugliest uniforms ever. The ugliest intermere. Look, these are. Those are like lavenders. They're not even purple. They're and lavender. the shorts. Look at the shorts with the lavender. It is. They look like reversible jerseys. It looks like they had to wear their their lights. It's an intramural game. They had to wear the lights instead right? of the darks. Yes. Yeah. It looks yes. like it looks like they faded out in the wash. Like some of the color <laughs> went away. What the like, hell is this? I can't believe you got into it with Dan Dockage. Who would do that? Yeah, I'm well, believing. The just... best part. The best part. So so he went after me on the air. We were doing. Oh a, boy, uh, we were doing a. Um, it was in Ohio. Jeff, you went after me last week. Did he? <laughs> yes. Tell him. Tell him I said to go f himself. All right. Next <laughs> time. Hey Jeff, have you seen? Have you seen my uh, video on him? No. No. When he no. guarded Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty oh, good. I I've did. seen that. Yes. It's pretty funny. Yes. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Yes. And it's a yes. top. It's a top one video of yours. Oh man, let me tell you. God, I did. I think he it. finally saw it. He did. He went Last off week. about me. He went off. It was someone tweeted me and said, "Why is Dan Dockish going off on you on his radio show right now?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh that, god, here we that's go. what he does. I thought. Like, I thought ESPN would try to call, get rid of the tape. You know, do something like. like no, that, that that dude again. And the worst part for me was like I really, really like his son, and I and I've helped his son over the years and been really good to his son. And then on the air, uh, which you can't do. Like you want to go after me off the air? Let's go, let's go, man. Like you call me whatever you want to call me. I've been called everything. I don't care. But like on the air, I can't fight back. Like nothing you can do. I had to take the high road, and, and he's calling me like sideline guy. And I'm like, dude, that ain't that ain't cool for all the other people who do sideline. Like, this isn't what I do. I'm not a sideline reporter. I just do it because they asked me to do it. And he's he's yelling at me because because basically he was saying how hard it was going to be for Chris Holtman to play against Butler in the next game because he had left Butler and those kids. And I jumped in and said, well, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, he left because he doubled his salary. He left them in a way better place than he than he found that program, and uh, you know nobody. And he just went off, and I'm like, dude, whatever, whatever. He's so sensitive. 
so he's sensitive. He really so sensitive. He really is, man. Him, yep, him. Yep. Whenever they have an MSU game, it's always it's always funny to see what MSU Twitter does. But man, he it's just it's so sad sometimes, man. It's sad. And what did he say about? I have no clue. I just know that he did. I just know that he did, and it was sometime last week. And because uh, you did this a while know, ago. Didn't you? Didn't you do the, the tape? Like how long ago did you do it? No. So the tape was from when was the tape, babe? Like this past summer. Okay. The tape when I when. Okay, so I did it. Like I'm watching the whole game, like at 3 a.m. one night, just dying, laughing, clipping every single thing. Right. So yeah, so like that was like this summer, but but recently, recently. Uh, Dan said something on air that like pissed me off. So I said, Dan has jokes and I put the YouTube video up again. So all these new people are like seeing it and like tagging him under it. And then he goes off a couple days later. Guarantee he saw it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, people tweeted at him and you know, all these things and, you know, it, it is what it is. But like you said, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna dole it out, you got to be able to take it. And and again, I have no problem taking it, but you can't do right. it on the air. You just can't do it on yeah, the that's air. Weird. You got to be professional enough, and you got to know like, I'm not gonna come like. Then the first person I saw the next day at the Nike store. This was during the PK80 tournament out in Portland. First person I walk in the Nike store, and it's the Nike store in Portland is really small. The employee store, whatever it is. And uh, first person when I walk in was him. It's always him. I'm like, you got to be. Yeah, that's an invite only store too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you need like a car. Like, they give you, a, yeah, like a little car that you black car that that you walk in. It's not as good. I thought it was going to be like incredible. Like I honestly brought <laughs> a like a separate suitcase to load up for the Nike store. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, people. I feel like people yeah. think it's gonna be what Oregon gets, just like as a school in a store for everybody, but it's just probably not. Yeah, Oregon gets some really good stuff, think and that, I think I think they sell half of it on the uh, on eBay or whatever or whatever man, it is. I know that I know. It's funny because the players' trunk was a big thing that took off this summer. Yeah, and man, Oregon athletes were catching out on that site. Man, let me let I'm me. Sure. Let me tell you, man, like the exclusive Jordan 4 P's that people wanted to get, like all of that stuff. Man, yeah, they, they were. So right, Oklahoma was about uh, to lose. I'm and I do want to shout out this. Go ahead. I wanna, I'm going to run in about a minute here, and I can make you host stamp, but I want to watch the end of this Kansas I'm Texas about to game. leave too, but I okay. do want to shout out Rath and Painter. People were going off on him because Bardo put him as coach of the year and I was giving people context. I'm like, look, even though you disagree, you want Holtman or Jawan, just understand that the Big Ten is the best conference in the country. Yeah. Painter yeah. has them at number five and yep. Purdue is the 16th youngest team in the country. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great you know, job. That says a lot. Yep. So, no, no, listen, you're you're absolutely right. I just don't think you can give it to anybody uh, except you want Howard, right? And Holt is like the closest second you can give it to. Right. Like those two are so close. I think I give it to Juwan just because honestly, like I, I just didn't expect Juwan to do this. That's all. Like for me, yeah. I, I didn't expect him to be this good of a coach. And yeah. I, People, I, I don't know. Juwan, I feel he just doesn't get the credit schematically for what he is as a coach. And hopefully he will now, but he's been phenomenal. Did you guys hear uh, Mike Valenti when uh, Michigan first hired? Oh yeah, he said. Oh, the Phil Martelli (laughs) takes. Let me tell you, and Phil Martelli, legend. Mm -hmm. That St. John's team, Delonte West, Jameer Nelson, one of my favorite teams ever. But man, just to say, like this dude's the guy who's running the show back there. Mm. Yeah, but he was. Yeah, that's it. No, that he hasn't got enough credit. What what impresses me the most about Jawan Howard, um, not only schematically the way that he's made things work but i'm always impressed by his demeanor on the sidelines it doesn't look like anything ever phases the guy oh he's cool as a cucumber he's cool yeah really and there's where the nba background i think suits really well because when you've seen it all 
you know, you, you don't, and you've learned from uh, Spo and Pat Riley, you know, you, you don't get phased by much. You've, you've seen anything and everything. And I think that that fits really, really well. All right. I'm out, guys. I, I'm going to watch the last 54.7 seconds of this Kansas-Texas game. Have a All great right, see night. You, Jeff. We'll talk soon. I'm out as well, guys. Good to be interacting with all of you. And uh, Thank you. let's have a great rest of this season here. Here we go. Best time of the year, boys. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.